Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, worship team. That's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Amen. If you think my white shoes are too bright, they are my wife's idea. So please blame her. Hold her accountable for dressing me like a supper this morning. So... As is typical, you're about to enter a new year and you'll be praying, Father, what do you have for us in 20, you know, at some point it was 2010 and then 2011 and then 20, and I, Father, what do you have for your church in 2022? And as I shared on 31st night, I felt a bit disappointed because I sensed clearly the, the Holy Spirit say, I'm not doing any new thing. You know, I'm not doing any... It's, it's great. It's great to receive a word that says, oh, I'm going to do amazing things. There will be revival in the land. It says, no. I'm not doing any new thing. Because I'm already doing what I'm doing. Amen. The problem is that you have to learn to receive. The challenge is that the land is often not fertile enough. So this year, as a church, we are going to commit to not so much on, oh, Father, make a way, God, no. But rather, turning the lens on ourselves and asking ourselves, if it is true that God loves me so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for me, and the Bible says that just as he did not withhold his only begotten son from me, so does he freely give me all things and that he provides everything, everything I need for this life. Everything that can help me live a godly life. If God supplies all my needs, why do I still lack? If his grace is truly sufficient for me, why is there this inadequacy in my soul? And many times, the easiest thing, if you grew up where I grew up, would be one, to blame the devil. So we get into this habit where we start binding. In the name of Jesus, we bind the spirit of poverty. I remember, I remember when the CD started uh, uh, losing value at the speed of light. And there was a prophetic declaration to arrest the city. I don't know how well they did <laughs> because the last time I checked, I think around the time the city was like three city, uh, three city to a dollar thereabout. Now it's gone past six. If that was an arrest, <laughs> you might as well let it fly. You know, because it is very easy to spiritualize everything if you come from our part of the world. 
They've been married 10 years. There is no baby. Why? Hey, as for that family, did you pray before you married into that family? Hey, that family, you didn't hear? And then they drench you with oil, saturate you with oil, cook you in oil. Because <laughs> we are like carpenters who, anytime there's a problem, we pull out a hammer because a hammer is the tool we know to use. And yet not every problem in life is a hammer problem. This morning, we'll go to a very, very familiar scripture, very, very familiar scripture to help us set the tone for the year. Don't let the familiarity of the scripture fool you. Because anytime I go to it, God opens my eyes to a new dimension of it. Amen. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 from verse 1. So the title is Parable of the Farmer Scattering Seed. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. So this morning, the disciples hear many stories and parables, but this one stood out. And I'm happy this stood out because it's a very important parable. It says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with, with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Amen. What is interesting about this parable, and this is why God said, I'm not doing anything new. In this parable Jesus tells, there is a farmer. It isn't two farmers. It isn't three farmers. It isn't four different farmers. It is the same farmer. The second thing is that this farmer was scattering the same seed. Amen. So if he was farming rice, it was rice. It wasn't cucumber seeds here, some mango seeds here. No, it is the same seed. You have the same farmer the same seed, and the third thing in common they all share is that it is the same field. The same farmer. Jesus will let, later let us know that that farmer is God. 
the same seed, the word, the same field. And yet the outcomes are very different. How do you have the same parents? Go to the same school and yet you end up with a prodigal son and the big brother. The difference is in the soil. Amen. The difference is in the condition of the heart. We are in this room and we may not know it, but BBC is transmitting. Asasi Radio is transmitting. Joy FM is transmitting. But we don't know what they are saying. We don't know what they are saying because we are not receiving. Amen. We are not tuned into them. We are not listening. Why can somebody be in church for years, for years, many, many years, fasting, praying, reading the word, leading Bible study, and yet all these things don't seem to reflect in their lives? Their story consistently seems to be we toiled all night and caught nothing. Oh God, why? Their life is almost like a Christian version of why me, oh, why me? <laughs> or as the famous footballer Balotelli wore, why always me? And the Bible says that it is the soil. Amen. So this year as a church, we are going to focus on the soil. What is interesting, and when Jesus explained the parable, he gave a very simplistic ex explanation. But if you really spend time with this parable, what you discover, that is, it is interesting that he said it is the same field. Because in reality, what actually happens with life is that you meet that one person, and in certain areas of your life, it is, they are fertile. So in their professional career, they are top of their game. If you ask for the best this in the industry, their name will come up. And yet you go to their parenting <laughs> and it is hard stony ground. Same person. And then you look at some other part of their life and it is footpath. They are never sure. Never certain. There is always somebody walking by and they are listening. They have zero confidence in that area of their lives. Same person. So if you get to know them in the area where they are fertile, you have great respect for them. <laughs> in fact, we tend to assume that because they are so eloquent and because they are great public speakers, they are also doers of what they say. <laughs> And then you marry them. And you realize it's one thing to hold a microphone and have an accent. 
and string words together. It's another thing to let him know that when your own bathroom is dirty, you don't need somebody else to come and clean it for you. Like, but it's the same person. It's the same person. But how does that even happen? And, and this year, this is going to be our journey. Amen. Every expression of faith has a reason. Why is it that when God said you're going to be a millionaire in two days, you didn't doubt? You didn't doubt. Like, they were absolutely comfortable with that word. And yet, when God said something else, they're like, oh God, he said, oh, I can heal you of your asthma. The same person. God said, I'm going to bless you with a million dollars in two days. And they're like, yes, Lord. 100% faith. And God says, I will heal you of your asthma. They're like, oh God. <laughs> That's what this asthma. My great, great, great grandfather had it. My great-grandfather had it. Even my children have it. <laughs> God, that's what this has meant. We've learned to cope with it. You bring the $2 million. I'll go and buy uh, inhaler. Why? Because this is the reality of our lives, isn't it? In certain areas, we have faith. In certain other areas, we struggle with the word of God. And the question is why? Unfortunately, the church, and when I say the church, it's not just ACC, but the church in general doesn't encourage Christians to ask why. Because it is in the pursuit of why that you discover God's heart. Amen. Don't be afraid to question why. Don't, never be afraid to question why. Ever. It is never a lack of faith to question God. In fact, he says, come, let us reason together. <laughs> God is comfortable engaging you and answering your questions. Amen. And many times, don't be in a hurry to say it is the devil. Because with the speed at which people destroy their own lives, I personally actually believe the devil hasn't been in Africa for a while. If your politicians don't do you in, some driver who uses their birth certificate as a driver's license will, you, will do you in. If they don't do you in, some overfed health worker sitting there with their toothpick who sees nothing urgent about your emergency might do you in. If they don't do you in, your own relative that you employed in the company who can just say, oh, praise the Lord, they will dig a massive hole under you. We are so busy self-destructing, I don't think the devil has been active here in a really long time. So let's ask why. Amen. Why do you have faith in this area? When David stood before Goliath, and Goliath cursed at him, David said, you come against me with spears and javelins. But I come against you in the name of the Lord. And he told King Saul, the God who delivered me from the lion and the bear, 
he'll give me this one. Why did David believe? Because there was a record, there was a track record of God delivering him from lions and bears. Amen. So when you've seen God open financial door after financial door, when he says he will open another financial door, it's easy. But in certain areas, we struggle. We struggle. You love your wife, but you can't commit. Anytime you get too emotional, getting emotional disturbs you. You like logic. Anything that feels sentimental makes you nervous. Why? In fact, why do you always cry when you pray? That's some crazy. The woman you start, you say, prayer, let's pray. And you raise a song. Our Father, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Why do you always cry when you pray? And for some people, why do you always shout? Why are you shouting? Like, why are you shouting? Is God far away? Is he in the room next door, two doors away? Is he standing at the opposite end of the field? Why, why are you shouting? You notice I'm not saying this is good or this is bad. But I'm saying that to really be able to fully become who he says we are. To live lives that are fulfilling. Truly fulfilling in private, you know. Truly fulfilling to live a victorious Christian life. Truly, not Christianese, not praise the Lord and testimony and this, but you know, like there is true victorious Christian living. You have to interrogate your choices. Why is it that anybody who tells me a sad story, I give them money? All they have to do is tell you a sad story. Oh, Sister Juliana, I hope there's nobody here called Juliana. Hello, Sister Juliana. You know, my wife got pregnant nine months ago. And, uh, and you know, I was believing God to provide. But now it's an emergency. If your wife got pregnant nine months ago and she's in labor today, it's not an emergency. But you know, if you tell Sister Juliana any story and you make your voice some way, she'll give you. So Sister Juliana has to ask herself, if she truly believes that all the resources she has are God's and he will hold her accountable, just like any business will hold you accountable for how you spend their money, can she make a good case before her heavenly father for how she distributed those resources? Because there was a time when Jesus said, some people, unfortunately, are like swines and you don't cast your pearls before them. But she needs to, the most important thing is she needs to ask herself, why? Because she may discover that she was taught a doctrine that said, if what you have cannot solve the problem you have, give it all to Jesus so Jesus will solve your problem. It's a nice sounding philosophy, but over, year, over the years it's been used to rob many Christians. So if you need a car and you've saved $10,000 and 
and you can't find the next $20,000 to buy your $30,000 car. That doctrine says, come and sow the 10000 in church so that God will miraculously bless you with 30000 Hallelujah. But why do you believe that? We are not running a Ponzi scheme in church. This call is a call to relationship. Whatever you bring to God is not as important as where your heart is. Because if your heart is in the right place, you will give. Giving is automatic for those whose hearts are in the right place. Amen. But if you think you can bribe your way into favor, God is not a, a genie. You know, you don't recite some abracadabra, whatever, and then open sesame. No, he's a father. Amen. He's a father. He reasons. He thinks. He knows you intricately. Amen. And he calls you to relationship. Hallelujah. He calls you to relationship. Amen. There's a story. We have just about five minutes. But just to trigger curiosity and to let you have a sense of why these things are important, I'll quickly go to 2 Kings chapter 3. So this is a time in Israel's history where the king of the Moabites had rebelled because Ahab had died. And they used to pay tribute to Ahab and you know, send him money. They would send him everything. And then when he died and his son took over, the king of, of Moab was like, well, we are not going to pay these things anymore. So the king of Israel, the king of Judah, and the king of Edom came together. And they called, they called the prophet Elisha for direction on how to defeat Moab. And then the prophet Elisha said, I will sit down. So Atto is my son, and people say that God intentionally waited to give me that one as last, to remind me of all my sins. Uh, And the prophet Elisha prophesied to them. And because of the consistent battle between Moab and Israel, this is what he said. This is the counsel of the prophet Elisha. He said, but this is only a simple thing for the Lord. For he will make, this is verse 18 of 2 Kings chapter 3. For he will make you victorious over the army of Moab. You will conquer the best of their towns, even the fortified ones. And then this is what he says. He says, you will cut down all their good trees, stop up all their springs, and ruin all their good lands with stones. <laughs> and verse 25 says, everything he had prophesied came to pass. So in verse 25, they destroyed the towns, covered their good land with stones, stopped up all the springs and cut down all the good trees. It got so bad that the king of Moab sacrificed his son. And there was great anger against Israel. 
But this is the question. So you come to a land, okay, and you see the soil. And if you never ask why, if you never do some introspection and some questioning, how will you know that this land actually used to be fertile land? But somebody cut all the good trees. There used to be springs that watered this land. But they've choked them all up. All the springs have been choked up. And actually, the soil you're seeing is only on the surface. They, can you imagine? Back then, they didn't have all these uh, uh, articulators and tractors and caterpillars. No, they didn't have all these machinery. So, can you imagine the effort these soldiers put into deliberately finding every fertile land and pouring rock after rock, pouring stones on them? So they drive you into exile for 10 years and you come back. And in your mind you think, oh, this is my land. It was very fertile. I'm going to plant. You plant. And in no time, they hit rock. Basically, what Elisha was saying is that you have to create an environment that will keep the Moabites poor. Anytime I see the big trucks cutting timber, from Ghana, timber. They enter the forest, timber. Cutting away the timber. The good trees being cut off. You know that poverty is waiting for you. When the, when the soil becomes dry, you know poverty is waiting for you. But you wouldn't know if you don't ask questions. If you just want to blame the devil, you wouldn't know. Why do you struggle? Why are you struggling with this? And if we will all be honest, there are areas in our lives where we struggle. If we all will be honest. I have seven children. Seven. All of them don't do well in school. Why? All of them. They're intelligent, but they can't seem to have wives, get wives. They can't seem to be in a committed relationship. Why? Why? Amen. If you dig deep, you might discover that there are rocks in the sand that need to be moved. Amen. You might, you might discover my land lies in a place where people easily pass. If I want the crops in those areas to do well, I may need to wall. I may need to make a huge fence, make a huge wall. Amen. So this is where we are headed in 20. 22. We are going to pursue growth. Amen. We are going to work on our capacity to be fertile. Because God consistently is pouring out his grace. He's the same farmer. He's consistently scattering seed. He's always at work in the midst of his children. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your word this morning. Help us. Help us become who you say we are in 2022. Anything that needs to change, anything in us we, we need to let go of, help us. Anything that is an impediment to the manifestation of your gifting and grace upon our lives, 
as we set off on this journey in 2022. May you help us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.